Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at ADCES24.org. Hello, and welcome to ADCES's podcast, The Huddle, conversations with the diabetes care team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm your host, Kirsten Yale, the Associate Director for Research at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. ADCES's latest position statement, the role of the diabetes care and education specialist in the hospital setting, is now available in the June issue of the Science of Diabetes Self-Management and Care. To help us explore the concepts discussed in the paper, we've invited co-author Gwen Klinkner to this episode of The Huddle. Gwen is a nurse and certified diabetes care and education specialist who has been working in inpatient care for 20 years. She recently joined me for a huddle conversation to share her firsthand experience and insights into the unique challenges and opportunities to diabetes care in this setting. It's a thought-provoking conversation that's sure to expand your perspective if you're involved in inpatient care. But if you're not in a hospital, the conversation is also sure to spark ideas to add in your current practice setting. Gwen, welcome to the huddle. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, we are so pleased to have you here. Especially because, you know, we are just finishing up. And I think you've heard um, that this whole series of the huddle that we just finished up on the value of the diabetes care and education specialist in the health system setting. And we've had so many great conversations about how the DCES is integrated into the setting because you've been doing this for, I think, 20 years, um, you know, started from way back when, when you were just a, an N of one um, so I would love if you could, you know, just share with our listeners maybe a little background about yourself and maybe how you moved from an end of one into like that really web-like integration into the system. Sure. Well, your introduction was good. I, I've been a nurse for about 25 years and I specialized in diabetes for about the last 20. So um, I've been a clinical nurse specialist at UW Health at the University of Wisconsin in Madison and primarily in the hospital setting for that time. And I've also spent some time as a leader for the ADCES inpatient community of interest. And currently we truly have a comprehensive team approach at UW for both our adult and our pediatric care. And things have evolved quite a bit. Right now we are this full team of diabetes experts with advanced practice providers and endocrinologists, a number of diabetes care and education specialists who are both nurses and dietitians, and we have pharmacists, of course, on our team. And our DCESs are consulted to see not all people coming in who have diabetes, but somewhere between 25 and 30% of our patients who are hospitalized at the three different hospitals in our system, one of them being a children's hospital. As a clinical nurse specialist, my day varies quite a bit. I could be involved in direct care for someone with complex needs or collaborating with my pharmacy colleagues to deal with 
the IV dextrose shortage we had a couple of weeks ago, trialing an insulin syringe, new syringe um, for nurses to use, or teaching a class of new nurses. So I'm very fortunate that we have so many on the team now that I'm able to do more of the broader scope of diabetes care and practice. Um, but definitely these last 20 years, that team has grown to what it is today. Our, our services have evolved and really so have the populations that we're able to serve. But you're right. Like when I started, I was an NF1. I was hired into a department because we were seeing so many people coming into the hospital with diabetes. And I was hired as a diabetes clinical nurse specialist to really grow that program. Um, luckily, we had support from bedside staff and our providers, and especially our nursing leadership, who early on recognized the value of diabetes care and education specialists really helping in the hospital setting. We had great outcomes um, for our patients, whether that was related to length of stay or readmissions and patient satisfaction as well. Um, so those those early wins with our the quality of care that we were providing really helped to grow our team and convince others that we needed to be a larger group to really impact outcomes for more patients in our setting. Well, this is something we, we really haven't touched on in previous conversations, but just listening to you now is making me think, do you think that the inpatient setting, you know, really the, the hospital's focus on patient safety and quality do you think in any way that that forges a path um, that, you know, it really like the changes required and the focus on quality forces systems to change and then maybe that change can be integrated into the broader system? So um, maybe inpatient is really um, the leader in this area. I think that's absolutely true. In fact, really, when I started, some of my early goals was just to get data on our outcomes. We really didn't have any. And for me to prove that we needed a larger team, I really needed to show the need for it. And having that data was the first step in doing that and proving that there was a need. So even though I felt like I was a team of one and that wasn't quite true, we had an advanced practice provider and a dietitian who was diabetes care and education specialist. I really needed to engage others to really understand what um, our quality metrics were at the time around hypoglycemia and hyperglycemia and really get others on board to understand the needs that we had at the time. So it's important for those who are an N of one out there to collaborate with other disciplines, with others on the team who can be champions of that work. And I do think we created a model like you were suggesting that can be replicated by others on the team. I think we've built a really strong partnership um, as an interprofessional team um, to do the quality work that we've done. And it's interesting because you just kind of talked about a few challenges that really drove change, right? So, I mean, any other challenges out there you want to touch on? Or do you think, and I would ask too, you know, sometimes I talk about failure is good. You know, I talk to my kids about that, like failure is okay. You actually want to fail because that's how we learn. Could we say the same thing about challenges? And are there any big challenges that come to mind that you'd want to share? Sure, there are plenty every day. I'm sure I'm not alone in feeling that way. I think one of the early challenges for me in this role was that I was spending a lot of time 
looking at a lot of charts, doing a lot of manual chart review because I didn't have that data. And I could quickly see what the failures were, where the opportunities for improvement were. And sometimes those were um, very clear clinical things that I could see that I needed to do some convincing of others that we needed to do something about it. Um, and I think oftentimes with diabetes, you can make the case for the safety of the care that you're providing. And I know that along the way, we've certainly discovered plenty of challenges that are safety related that we've really had to tackle. And everybody that I'm working with here is very supportive of the practice changes generally. I think sometimes the best approach is to get those who are resistant to change on your team so that you can better understand some of the barriers that you might face. And again, having that interprofessional lens makes sure that you're addressing the different needs of those on your team, all who are supporting people with diabetes who are in your care. Yeah. And listening to you talk through that and addressing those challenges, it really does sound like, you know, we hear about this so often, SMART goals, right? And working smarter instead of harder. And those are really, you know, to think in that big picture, broad scope is really a leadership quality. Uh, I mean, would you say in the health system, in the inpatient setting that the DCES, um, we know the DCES works on many levels, but would you say that they're a leader? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, we do provide leadership when we think about the direct care we're providing. Mm -hmm. But DCESs should also be taking a step back and thinking more globally about how they can optimize outcomes for all people coming into the hospital who have diabetes, knowing that you can't be there for each person. And you really need to support others on the team to do the right thing, to provide evidence-based care, even when you're not standing next to them, consulting with them as a, as a provider. And so DCESs should really be a leader on that interdisciplinary team that is developing order sets and protocols and other clinical tools that are evidence-based and we know improve outcomes. We are the experts who can really help to not only create those tools, but to evaluate if they're working and to evaluate the outcomes and work on that quality improvement work that does improve outcomes. And so this picture that you're painting for me, which is really neat to hear the words developing a picture, right? I'm picturing the hospital setting, the inpatient setting. And, and I did read the paper too, which was fantastic. So maybe I have the paper and then this conversation to sort of frame it. But we've also talked about, as we think through this picture, what an opportunity that this is. When you're talking about as a leader and all the members of that care team together in one space, that doesn't happen often. So I would love to hear you talk about that opportunity. Yeah, I think it's absolutely a wonderful opportunity for the person with diabetes because they are surrounded by this collaborative, comprehensive team approach and multiple people who can really support them wherever they are. So sometimes people think it's not a good time to address diabetes education and support in the hospital setting, but we think it's a wonderful opportunity because of that integrated care team. There might be people coming in with a new diagnosis, and certainly that's an opportunity. They might have a new medication plan. 
perhaps they have had diabetes for years, but now they've developed a new complication that's going to require a different plan for home. And we've all had people who come in who maybe weren't ready for learning in the past, but this new complication, maybe they've had a stroke or they've had a heart attack. They are now ready. You know, there's something that might have triggered their readiness. And for us to be there as an interprofessional team to support them, to make sure the transition home goes well, to make sure we're individualizing the plan for that person is hugely important, extremely valuable for that person with diabetes and their family. So neat to hear you talk through that because we know that the DCES is really trained on on the behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. We have ADCES7, right? They're behavioralists. They understand and they work with people and they can see, the DCES can see these moments that are opportunities. Absolutely. I'm curious, we've talked a little bit about building trust. So, you know, the behaviors that we're talking about really are trust building. And clearly the DCES needs to be involved in decision-making. Any thoughts on how we can make that happen? Yeah, I think I had some early wins in terms of this simply because there were some house-wide initiatives that needed to be tackled. I was able to build trust with teams across the organization because there was a major issue with our IV insulin infusion protocol when I took this job. And so I took that on. It was kind of my project to fix it along with the interprofessional team. But I was leading it. We were choosing a nurse-driven insulin infusion protocol to move forward with. And I really needed to work with nurses and providers across um, the hospital. And I was, through that project, able to build a lot of trust with a variety of people on the team, whether they were in the OR or on a medicine unit or a surgical unit, because we use insulin drips on almost all units. And so I think it became clear to more people the value I was bringing to the table for those major initiatives. And so it was not only taking my value as a direct care provider for education and support for that person with diabetes, but also helping people understand that as DCESs, we could more globally affect change and quality outcomes. This is all fantastic information. Thank you, Gwen. Um, It does seem like a perfect spot for a 30-second break uh, to hear an important message from ADCES. Want access to the latest research shaping the future of diabetes care and education? Then check out ADCES's core research journal, The Science of Diabetes Self-Management and Care. Access the latest issue online at diabeteseducator.org forward slash TSO. And we're back. So, Gwen, this has been a fantastic discussion. You know, just talking about the DCES as a leader in the inpatient setting, talking about the change that they can really make on the care team. There's another um, topic that we have talked about in the inpatient setting that's really important. And I've heard it more and more over the past couple of years on these podcasts, which is technology. So as more people are coming in with devices into hospitals and, you know, I'm hearing that, you know, hospitals really aren't sure how to manage that. Do you have any thoughts on technology in the inpatient setting? It's true. We have more and more people who are coming in with their diabetes devices and 
more staff that maybe are unfamiliar with the different technologies that are out there. And so it's hard for staff to stay up to date. And really the DCES is the expert in this space and can really support not only the persons coming in with those devices, but the staff who are taking care of them. So it's really important for the DCES to be involved in the policy changes that will really support good care and, you know, help with order set development to guide that care. For example, in our hospital, we really prefer that people who are able to continue to independently manage their diabetes devices stay on those devices because they do a great job. And if um, there isn't a clinical reason for them to be removed, we really encourage them to continue to use them. Um, And we partner, you know, during that hospital stay to make sure that if there are changes that happen, that they're removed when needed. But the DCES is oftentimes there more to support the staff, quite honestly, because it is hard for people to stay up to date on these technologies. You know, we talked about opportunities early on and the opportunities in the inpatient setting. And this just seems technology seems like just the perfect place. So, you know, you can maybe even introduce technology to people who wouldn't use it. It's that piece. And I'd love to go down that road. Um, And then the other piece that we've had incredible discussions on is the EHR. And you're so connected to that. Yeah, absolutely. First, I mean, one of the things that I think is happening more and more is that People with diabetes are becoming more aware of technology like continuous glucose monitors. They're asking if they can start with that technology. They maybe haven't had an opportunity to meet with somebody who even knows about it. And during the pandemic, we decided to pilot um, a more structured education program for people who were in the hospital who wanted a CGM or who we thought could benefit from a CGM. And we had already been teaching about it um, over the last probably two years, but we wanted to add an additional component during the pandemic of um, not only starting them with the device in the hospital, but then following up and providing that support after discharge to be sure they were doing okay. We knew that people were not going to be able to get in to see a provider necessarily to follow up and get the support they needed for that new device. And so we were able to make those follow-up phone calls. And it was really empowering for us as diabetes care and education specialists because we could see what an impact we were making. Um, I can remember one of our first people that we got set up with a CGM. We called him at home and he was somebody who came in with um, a lot of different complications from his diabetes. He had longstanding type 1 diabetes and really wasn't super engaged in his self-care, yet he was quite interested in having a CGM. And so we got him set up with that. And when we called him, he had amazing things to tell us about how things were going. Mm -hmm. His numbers weren't perfect, but he was getting data again. He was getting glucose information that really was helping him to make different decisions, whether that was related to the foods he was eating or the activity he was getting. And he was actually starting to adjust his insulin doses again, making notes about all of these things in the system. It was so encouraging and it empowered him to make a huge change for himself. So 
it was great feedback for us that we were doing a good thing. And although people might not even consider starting that kind of technology in the hospital setting, we decided, you know, this was one example, but we had many examples where we could see it made a big difference. And we've continued that program. Um, You mentioned EHRs, and I would say it's been a struggle. I think the build within EHRs is behind. We're lucky enough at our organization to have some great IS partners who can help us build the things that we don't have to really facilitate documentation about the technologies that people are coming in with. And that documentation really facilitates safe care because it helps us to communicate across the care team about the fact that this person is continuing to use their device in the hospital. But we're lucky. We have the ability to make changes within our EHR, and some don't. Some people out there are waiting for these systems to deliver this. Um, And I think there's a real opportunity for DCESs to really be at the table to help build these systems and think forward about what's coming and what's on the horizon. So I'm lucky enough to be able to connect with people locally and give feedback about what we're seeing in practice, what we're expecting in practice in terms of technology integration. So again, I think the diabetes care and education specialist is perfectly positioned to be part of and lead conversations like that. You know, one of the things I love about these conversations I get to have on the huddle is that I always learn something new or some new theme comes out, some big idea. And I think what I'm going to walk away from this episode or this conversation with is untapped opportunities. Like the inpatient setting is so full of untapped opportunities that um, the DCES can really leverage, you know, when they're when they're working and, and reaching. Maybe it's that reach of reaching people with diabetes. Very true. We're getting close to the end here. And I, I just wanted to give you just a couple minutes if you want to share a few ideas or messages you want to leave with our listeners. Sure. Um, when I think back to kind of how I started and why we got to grow our program, it was because we had decision makers, leadership who really recognized the value of the DCS and could see our capabilities beyond direct patient care. So if you're a decision maker listening to this, I really would call on you to consider that and to expand the number of DCESs at your organization. It's difficult to be an N of one. It's much easier when you have more of us to do these different roles and to understand that we can integrate care teams and optimize outcomes. and. We need to be sure that these DCESs are at the decision-making table so they can provide their expertise and lead these quality improvement initiatives. And ideally, organizations would have DCESs that really represent multiple disciplines. I also think that if you're in industry or um, working with electronic health systems, you should engage DCESs who can help you really keep your eye to the future, help you build systems that leverage the data that's available through this new technology so that teams are really empowered to track and optimize outcomes. And then if you're a healthcare professional, whether you're a DCS or somebody supporting a diabetes care and education specialist, read the practice paper. There's so many good things in there. It may help you identify some of those opportunities for DCESs 
to not only provide that direct care, but like you said, really leverage them to better integrate teams and lead this improvement work to optimize the outcomes. So Gwen, you mentioned the paper, and I know we're going to put a link to the paper in the show notes so people can access it. But, you know, since we have you here, this is like the best opportunity just to ask what lens should people really be reading that paper through? Well, when people read this paper, I really like for them to set aside the more traditional lens of what they think a DCES does in the hospital setting, which is to educate patients. I hope people can really embrace that more comprehensive nature of the role without feeling overwhelmed. I hope this paper is more empowering for people and helps DCESs to build teams to support all of the people who are in the hospital with diabetes. So I hope the paper will give people perspective on on what they can be doing in their system and how to affect change that really is sustainable and improves outcomes. That's a fantastic message for our listeners. And it's time to say goodbye. So Gwen, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope we can do this again sometime. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Huddle. If you're feeling inspired to take action, make sure you start by downloading the position statement, the role of the DCES in the hospital setting. You can find it in the June issue of the Science of Diabetes Self-Management and Care or linked in the show notes at diabeteseducator.org forward slash podcast. Whether you're trying to grow your interdisciplinary team or you're looking for a framework to help you affect greater change in the hospital setting, this position statement will serve as a great reference. The opportunities for DCESs in all practice settings are growing, and ADCES is the partner you need to help you practice at the top of your scope. Become an ADCES member today to get access to resources, education, and networking opportunities that help you level up your career. Learn about the many benefits of membership by visiting diabeteseducator.org forward slash join. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only. It may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.